Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer Rohan Nadkarni. Rohan, how was your weekend, my man? Actually, you know, Mike, I fell in love this weekend. And uh, her name is Mora, and she's a contestant on season five of Love Island. And she's just one of the greatest <laughs> reality television show characters I've had the pleasure of watching in my years and years of extensive research of watching reality television. Mora stands out above the rest. Rohan, the certified lover boy of I'm Open ready to Florida. sign over all my assets to her. Whatever few assets I have, I'm ready to sign them over. That's an amateur move, just so you know, but uh, don't get your heart broken, Rohan. Don't get your heart broken, but I appreciate the enthusiasm and the mm-hmm. energy. Um, on today's show, you and I will be diving back into the mailbag where so many of you, our listeners, our wonderful listeners, took great offense to some of our slash Rohan's favorite basketball <laughs> movies. And also, uh, I don't know if we'll be addressing this, but also Chris Herring's um, Donda takes, which were more controversial than I anticipated them being. <laughs> you really put <laughs> but, him on the spot. And he... I know, I did. I did. But it's that album is officially um, settled into my brain, and it's, it's, I, I, I still can't haven't, get it out now. I still haven't listened to it. Okay, well, we're moving on then, I guess. Um, but first, a, a quick reminder to all of you to email us at openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. There is, as you will find out after listening to today's show, there is no topic too complex or far-reaching <laughs> for us to tackle. Absolutely nothing is off limits. Um, so let's kick things off with an email from um, from Adam. Well, who I re- think before we should kick things off michael i should interrupt you and also just mention some people are saying the open floor globe emails are are some of the most rich texts they've ever seen no doubt and i think if you're a listener you want to be a part of this wave you want to be a part of this movement uh you want to join arguably the most exciting intellectual movement that's happening in america right now and that's the people who are emailing us and I say America, I mean the world, because these emails the are coming from all over the world. It is the open floor globe, after all. And uh, you just you don't want to miss out, because there's a lot of greatness in these emails. Young Billy Shakespeare's, all of you. We yeah. we love it. We we love your enthusiasm and your thoughts. So, speaking of, so Adam. You think, well, you think William Shakespeare okay. was one guy. You think that was one guy <laughs> We're not, doing all that. This is a different episode. I'm sorry. This is, this is, if the season gets postponed, if opening night gets postponed because okay, we'll of COVID, we'll we're going to do the Billy Shakespeare episode. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, but until then, we have this, uh, this wonderful email from Adam who writes in, Hello, Open Floor Podcast. First thing, Rohan said he had a really good butter chicken recipe. I would like said 
butter chicken recipe if that is available. My wife and I's butter chicken attempts have been missing something. So before I continue on, Rohan, would you like to to fill us in with any anything you want? Do you want to say anything about that? I do. do you have, and do you and have honestly, a recipe that's special. And honestly, my first piece of advice would be to not make butter chicken because I think in general it's the most bland kind of Indian takeout dish that people order. I don't know anyone in India. I've never met a family member, mm-hmm. a friend who said, you know what I really want tonight? Let's get some butter chicken. Uh, you know, when I'm in Mumbai, I don't think I've ever eaten butter chicken uh, while I've been in India. And I understand why it's popular. I certainly do. Butter and chicken, two great things. No one's disputing that. But honestly, my first piece of advice would be to take a little bit more of a risk. Uh, get out there a little bit more. There's so many great Indian dishes uh, that you can make, even if you're making a chicken tikka masala, which is also, again, one of those uh, more popular westernized Indian dishes. I do think there's a little bit more flavor there. And my next piece of advice to Adam would be, don't be afraid to seek out, whether it's on the internet or somewhere in your hometown, if there's an Indian grocery store or an Asian grocery store. I highly recommend going there uh, so you can buy the proper spices you need to make this dish, whether it's the store blend garam masala some Kashmiri chili powder. These are the things you need to make a real Indian dish at home. So that would be my advice. Uh, and, you know, feel free to email back if that's not enough. But I, I think those that should get you going a little bit. Feel free to explore uh, some of the other dishes. And beyond that, you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta be in the mix. You got to be in the mix. I honestly was not a- expecting such a detailed response there. So I I personally appreciate it. I've been enlightened over the last 30 seconds. So thank you so much. Do not cook butter chicken is what I, I grasp from that. And I won't I take, ever again. I take every question about Indian food very seriously. So Good. I appreciate that. Um, okay. So Adam continues on. Second thing, there seems to be a ton of hype on the podcast around the Hawks. And rightfully so, with their success in the playoffs. With that being said, there also there has also been pushback in other places that see the Hawks as overachievers with limited potential going forward, given the roster as it stands now. These other individuals believe that to really compete <laughs> at a championship level, they need an additional star. I'm not really interested in asking the do's or don'ts of consolidation trades. I am more interested if there is precedent in a top-to-bottom, high-level, versatile team's ability to win with only one all-NBA-type player on the roster. Do you think you could elaborate on the expectations on deep-building teams a la the Hawks, the Memphis Grizzlies, or the Spurs? Can a team like this built for versatility have as much promise as a team with two superstars? Thanks for your help, Adam. So... Love this question. Um, I am very high on the Hawks personally, as has been said multiple times on this here podcast. And I mean, I think I've said it before. I think there's two paths for this organization. They could build organically as they are and seem to be uh, with their young talent building around Trey, or they could do the consolidation trade and trade for another star when a disgruntled star becomes available because they have those pieces to do that. They're very flexible in their future. That's one of the reasons I love them. Um, To answer the question, and not to get too cute before I throw it to you, Rohan, I think the last time one all-NBA caliber player, one technical superstar, one technical all-star, the last time a team won the finals with that construction was the Milwaukee Bucks last year with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was the only all-star on that team, and they... They won it all. Um, I know that I'm, I'm being very technical here. I don't mean to be because Chris Middleton is amazing and Drew Holiday is amazing. Um, but, Rowan, and, what do you and think? Giannis is – he's not just an all-star. No, he's yeah. like one of the three best players in the world, yeah. uh, indisputably. So there's a couple examples that we can we can, um, we can can mention. You know, I think that the 2011 Mavs are the most popular with Dirk Nowitzki. Um the 1989 Pistons, I'm going way back with Isaiah Thomas. He was the only all-star on that team that season. They won the championship. Uh, Rohan, just what do you what do you think about this this question and, and kind of how does it get the, the gears in your brain going? To be completely honest, I think the Hawks might be a better team next year, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I think... We're both high on the Hawks because we really like their team. We think they're built well to play in the playoffs, etc. Mm-hmm. 
I, I stopped short of calling them a championship contender. Uh, I think a lot of things broke their way this year, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, they also deserve a lot of credit for going on that huge run when they got healthy during the regular season after Nate McMillan took over. They were playing really, really well. Do I think they can win a title as presently constructed? No, I do think they'll need to make that trade. Um, as you mentioned, it's it's very, very rare for a team to win with one superstar as their best player, or only have one superstar mm-hmm. in the group of their best players. And it takes, you know, historical generational talents like Isaiah, Dirk, and Giannis. And Trae Young's great. I, we love him. I don't know that he's on. I don't think we can put him on the level of an Isaiah, uh, Dirk, or Giannis yet. Hater. so i i really like the hawks and i I think adam what i would say is don't uh confuse my love for the hawks and enjoyment watching them with me necessarily thinking they're a championship contender because i do think long term the just the fact that boston is jalen and jason uh the heat now have jimmy bam and lowry at least for the next year or two uh the Bucks are obviously there. The Nets are obviously there. I, I do think the Hawks, though, I think they're going to improve. I, I think the the East in general is also improving. So I don't know that I should have them as a title contender. And I, I think the illuminating part of Adam's question is it's a little bit unfortunate almost that as great of a team as the Hawks are and how well they've been built, I, I do think it's going to take another superstar to come in there to, to for them to be a consistent championship contender. Otherwise, I think they're going to be a team like the Blazers, where maybe every year or two or three, they have a chance to make the conference finals, and that's depending on a lot of other factors out of their control. All great points. It kind of generates a question in my head, which is, do you, and this is probably what Adam was was trying to articulate, is like, right now in today's NBA, can a team with one superstar... And one, you know, one clearly defined all-star on the team win the championship. And the the example that I would give is like the 2022 Dallas Mavericks. Like, could that team win the championship this upcoming season? Do you? You're making a face, Rohan. So you're no, just you're I, what, dismissing. In what, in, in, why? Why would you go away from the Bucks example you gave, which I was well, also ready, I, I, which I, I, I was also I, I, ready to criticize. No, to an it's even, not, that's to an like even not worse, real. To an yeah. even worse example about a team that has no chance to win the title. So you okay? So that's the answer to my question. They have no chance to win the title. <laughs> yeah, because that's the team that has probably. I mean, I guess the Nuggets. Um, I'm just thinking about the very, very best players in the league and who their teammates are. Mm. And the Nuggets are the other example. I think there with Jokic and Jamal Murray. Well, I mean, Hurt. what about the Sixers? Um, the Sixers are a good example, I think. I, it's just, it's, it's hard to kind of, I mean, we both think that Simmons is getting traded, right? At some point before right. the I think playoffs. It, I, I, so I wrote this in a column I had last week. I read what, that column. Do the, do the Sixers have, are the Sixers, do the Sixers make the finals if they have Harrison Barnes instead of Ben Simmons? It's a fascinating question. Um, I, I think that Joel Embiid is the type of force who is good enough, um, to lead and carry a team if he's in the right physical condition and doesn't necessarily need a top tier sidekick to get it done. Like that's how good he is, but he would have to like have a performance for the ages, like a run that's just, uh, I don't even know what the parallel would be there. Like obviously like prime Shaquille O'Neal, but even prime Shaquille O'Neal had, had young Kobe. And I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that that is really a really interesting question. I, I do not think that like my money would not be on the Sixers to win the title, let alone get to the finals with Harrison Barnes instead of, but that's that speaks more to the Bucks and it speaks more to the Nets than I think it does the mm. Sixers, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. I just think the Sixers, and we don't have to turn this into a Simmons discussion because I know uh, you and Chris talked about that a bit, but mm-hmm. I just think that, and Chris mentioned this too, so I won't go too deep on it. I just think that they, at this point, 
as long as they get a couple players back who can play in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, it's going to make a massive difference for them. And I, I, I would give them a better chance to make or win the finals in the Mavs next season. That's fair, I suppose. I, I, the way I look at it, though, is that Luca can control every single offensive possession. Like he's going to bring the ball up the floor. He's going to be the point guard. He's going to survey things. He's just going to run a high pick and roll and and pick you apart and force you to do things. Whereas it's just it's it's just harder in today's NBA to do That's that true. at the center position. I will just say no one in the league has someone to guard and beat. Um, okay. Yes, that is true. Uh, there are double teams. There are things you can do, Rohan, to, to, to it gets fluster It a lot him. harder to double team them when the spacing on the team is actually good. When Harrison Barnes is, is, is in the, the corner team. and not yes. Ben Simmons is on the block. <laughs> okay, fair points. But when, when Embiid is going up for a game-winning layup and everyone else is outside the three-point line, not on the block next to him. He is truly, like, unstoppable, and I think that... Uh, he's the biggest mismatch in the league, and I think that's what it really what it is, and it's a similar to what Giannis, I think, is, is that, <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds absurd, because obviously Luka, Kawhi, et cetera, all these guys are insanely talented. It's not like they're stoppable, but at least credibly you can put a wing defender on them and, and hope you're going to give them trouble, whereas someone like Embiid is just, and Giannis to an extent, they just wreck your defense in a way that a, a perimeter player doesn't necessarily. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This 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 uh, discussion is a fascinating one, and it kind of leads us right into our next mm. question. Um, serendipitously, uh, is an email from Oscar, who writes in, Hi, the Michael. The big O. Hi, Michael and Rohan. I'm a Clippers fan from London, England. Great job on the pod. I've often wondered what would happen if the NBA held a 1v1 tournament and players took it seriously. I haven't thought too much about the rules, but let's say the top 32 players are invited and roughly seated playoff style in knockout games of first to 11 or something like that. Let's not get too hung up on the rankings at this point, but assuming good health, who are you taking to win? Thanks for the great potting and hope to hear your thoughts, Oscar. So this is a fascinating question here by Oscar. Let, let's let's answer it by saying, um, 
if you had to bet your life on any active player winning a one-on-one tournament against other NBA players, just who are your top three choices? And the rules here are going to be, um, I guess, first to 11, twos are worth one point, threes are worth two points, make it, take it, basic one-on-one stuff. Uh, who are you going with? Who, like, who is just the, who's the first most, I think we'll probably have the same first obvious choice, but who is it for you? Well, let me let me begin before you begin, Michael, and say that okay. Oscar, if you're if you're very interested in knowing how this played out, we did this for SI.com a few years ago, uh, where we had a, a fan vote one on one tournament. And I think we had the top thirty two seeds, and everyone voted on it. So I won't spoil who won that. Who won but, that? <laughs> uh, I'll I'll bring it up in my answer maybe, but okay. you should go check that out on SI.com because we wrote yes. about uh, that, and we did a whole week long tournament or something like that. Do you want me to give you my top three or my number one? Um, let's let's. This is to make it a, a better podcast, the best possible <laughs> podcast. Let's let's uh, let's tease it out here. Give us your, your who your number three would be. My number three would be Giannis. Okay, that is fair. I don't think Giannis is going to crack my top three, but Ooh, he's him and my number three A are incredibly close <laughs> are incredibly close not to go full pina not to uh-huh. ride on the, the sit on the fence here but but yeah. him and but i but i said Giannis for a reason so i'm going with Giannis okay. as my number three so explain why Giannis. not that you really need to in any depth I, I, but. <laughs> I mean he's just as an incredible athletic force the length um and it would be interesting you know one-on-one you can't bring help to defend to him uh, are you going to just try to draw charges on his spin moves the whole time? What are you going to do? Uh, I think what he'll do, um, I think he'll try to get ahead of steam going and, and put a lot of pressure on you, and, and you're going to have to drop and see if he's willing to pull up for the jumper. But I just think there's so much he can do one-on-one uh, with all that space around him, and his length makes him incredibly difficult to defend. So the reason why I don't have Giannis is if he were to get matched up against someone like Embiid or... Even, like, just a big body like Jokic is going to need the jumper. And I'm not saying he, like, doesn't have a jumper and doesn't have an outside game and a mid-range game because he showed it in the playoffs that when push came to shove, he was making those shots, particularly in the finals. But that's what gives me pause if I'm just able to pick three guys. So that's that's my rationale there with um, with um, excluding Giannis. But who mm-hmm. is your... So I guess now you have four, right? Because you, you lied. You I said don't, you have a 3B and a 3A. I don't, and, I, we don't have to discuss that player if we don't want to. And there's no... No, I'm curious. The people want to know. Who is it? <laughs> you you really want to know. The yes. person who missed the cut for me was Kawhi Leonard. Okay. He's my number two. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah. Because I, I, we're, we're assuming that these players are, are healthy. Of course. Uh, and, of course. Kawhi is he's everything that you want in a one-on-one tournament like yes has every offensive skill mm-hmm. uh got the jumper automatic from the mid-range has got post moves can handle the ball extremely well and is like the prototypical lockdown defender and he's super strong and I'm not saying he could like shut down and beat in the post or something like that which is almost required for this exercise but mm-hmm. Embiid isn't just backing Kawhi down over and over and over again and, like, putting him in the basket, I don't think. Yeah. So who's your number three? I mean, you're going to get really upset. I have, like, six number threes. Oh, my God. Um, Oh, my God. Pick one. I'll pick this player for the purpose of having a fun conversation. No, Um, pick the person who thinks the third best. (laughs) I don't – okay, I I think it might be just LeBron. I think LeBron might be my number three, and he's, LeBron's my number two. Okay, so we're kind of on the same page. Here. I yeah. mean, the thing that makes LeBron brilliant is like you don't think about him as like being an unstoppable one-on-one player, but he could be a one an unstoppable <laughs> yeah. one-on-one player like pretty easily for all the basically everything I said about um, Kawhi just pretty much also applies to LeBron, but. What makes him arguably the greatest player of all time is how he, like his passing and the vision and his intelligence in a five-on-five format, how he wreaks havoc in the open floor, how he can just like back you down, draw two, kick it to the open man, um, 
So it's kind of weird. You're kind of diminishing all the skills that make him who he is by putting him in this format. But I still think he would figure it out and dominate because yeah, he's I, LeBron James. I, I have no no qualms about putting LeBron in my top three. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to put him number one. He just is a little old right now, so he might not be as excited for this as uh, the <laughs> other guys on our list. He might, you know, he might uh, take a break from one of these games, but. Yeah, it's LeBron James. He's one of the two best basketball players to ever pick up a basketball. I'm very confident in having him in my top three as my number two pick. So our, our number ones are... It's got to be Kevin Durant. Yes, it is Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah there I'm we glad. go. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Can I tell you who... I, we don't really need to talk about it because it's obvious. Um, can I tell you who was I was going to say to spark some interesting conversation really quick. <laughs> sure. Zion Williamson. No. You're making another face. You're if you would have said Embiid, if you would have said Embiid, that would have been an inspired choice. Because there's a good case for Embiid. There's a case. There absolutely is. Um, I mean, if he gets the ball first and he hits <laughs> like sure. 11 straight baby hooks over over whoever you put on him. I always think about like okay, defensively, defensively though. yeah, 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 that's going to be tricky. Him scrambling around trying to guard Kyrie Kate, Irving, I know that that would just be Katie you know, doing uh, Katie doing his crossover and getting to his jumper is yeah. going to be lethal. So this is obviously, I mean, this is. I would like to see this happen personally. I mean, it never will because if someone were to like get hurt playing one on one, then <laughs> there there it goes and. Also, like, make it, take it, just kind of, I don't know. Like, these guys yeah. are so good if you've ever seen just footage of them playing one-on-one. <laughs> right, like, like, Durant will just They just score every basket. 11 like, jumpers in a row, like, it's nothing. He'll eat a slice of cake with the other hand and just, yeah. But, okay, so a, qu- a quick follow-up for you. It's basically the same question, but you can only choose uh, from retired players. Who is your, your pick? Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, number one would be Michael Jordan. Okay. My choice would beat Michael Jordan, but continue. <laughs> Your choice would beat <laughs> Michael Jordan? My my choice is the greatest. There's just no no beating him. He is, like, I would take him over literally anyone ever in the history of sport. Just say in who a one-on-one it is. Tournament. It's KG, baby. KG, 100%. You didn't, 2000- even, you didn't even you didn't even pick Bill Russell. You went with at Kevin the, Garnett. Doug, Doug. This at is two, that, embarrassing. At, 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 no, I agree because Udonis Haslam would body Bill Russell. Udonis Haslam would absolutely <laughs> lock his ass up. You know, it'd be different when he's playing from the kid from, uh, you know, Miami as it. opposed to those accountants and whatnot. We um, are not. We are not responsible if you were driving your car. And listening to this episode, and you veered into so a, a I'm ditch. glad you I'm glad you didn't pick Bill Russell because Udonis Haslam would absolutely eat his lunch. Um, uh, I didn't. Yeah, uh, Udonis Haslam also is technically an active player. So I know, not, I know, but yes. I just wanted to put that out there because that your, is the one caveat pick, that matters. Your pick, just to let me, just to let me set the stage for people yes. who are still listening who have not crashed their car. Yes. Out of every player who's ever played NBA basketball that's currently retired, your pick yeah. in a one-on-one tournament is Kevin Garnett. Tell, tell me who's beaten him, please. Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Absolutely Duncan, not. Kobe no. Bryant, oh Michael Jordan. No. You just you don't get it. No, it's just it's, oh just, it's just wrong. Dude, this is so embarrassing, even for you, Mike. No, this is Kevin this is, Garnett. This is absurd. Do, okay, do you? And have I love you ever, the big ticket. I know, okay. And I, I love the big ticket. You you were maybe eight years old in 2004 when KG was the MVP <laughs> and the greatest basketball player on the planet. I had okay? a Kevin Garnett Timberwolves jersey. All right, I okay, love then KG. You should, you should know what's up. I'm disappointed in you. You're okay, picking so- Kevin Garnett in a one-on-one game over Michael Jordan. Look me in the eyes and tell me that's that's what you're doing. One hundred thousand. That is so absurd, dude. Scott, I take Scottie Pippen over him. Okay, you just you don't know what you're discussing right now. You're out of your depth. You're drowning. You're Dude, floundering you are, in the pool. You, you're trying to you're trying to play the 2004 card to be like, look at how intelligent I am. I'm going to talk about Timberwolves KG when we all know why you're making this pick. No, it's not. It's it is not that. Okay, oh. let me let me break it down for you. Let me break it down for <laughs> okay, you. Okay, okay, okay. Unblockable jump shot. 
He's a se- he's seven one unblockable <laughs> jump shot that would go in basically every time he shot it. Ridiculous no. post moves. Rid- okay, yes, you need to go watch the footage. Ridiculous post moves taught by Kevin McHale. <laughs> you, think you watched KG tape for this? Doug, <laughs> I, I don't need to. It's, it, it's, it's seared into my brain. He's got the handle of a guard. Played you're, point saying guard. No, you're saying no one in the NBA ever defended KG's jump shot when he was playing in the NBA? It's, un, it's an unblockable shot, the turnaround, the baseline turnaround. Okay, but that is, you don't have to block a shot to defend it. No, but he could hit it over anyone. It's not like he can get it off anytime he wants. So offensively, he, you know, you could quibble with what I'm saying right now. And I understand that <laughs> defensively. It's just, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing to say. He's maybe he's one of the three most important, most influential, best defenders that's ever lived. And you want to dispute that then, like you're gonna bury yourself a grave. Like that's just what you it is. think he's one of the three best defenders ever. Yes, indisputably. Silence. This is un- un- unrivaled this is, tenacity, unrivaled is, energy on every possession. I don't even know this why is, this is controversial. This I really is, don't. This is unhinged, Mike. This is this, this is, is not. you need to get on that plane to France. You need to take a vacation. Whoa. You need to reconsider all your priorities, okay? Good lord, man. And I so, love Kevin Garnett. There is no world, no world, no no multiversal reality, no Spider-Man, no way home trailer, nothing. No world in which KG is winning a one-on-one tournament in a pool of every retired player in NBA history. That is my pick. Um, Hakeem Olajuwon. I'm sorry you disagree. That's You're okay. Hakeem is a great Hakeem. selection. These are great, also great player. Also wonderful. I would pick KG. That is my choice. <laughs> Dude, this is, is a subjective exercise. I'm sorry that it personally <laughs> oh offends you. My. I will and say. I, I, I'm not even trying to stand in the way of anyone's happiness. I'm all for everyone picking their favorite players in exercises like this. Would I have picked Dwayne Wade and gone down with the ship? Surely. Would I be trying to credibly argue that he would win? No. And the the fact that you're taking KG you, you is now making is now making please, me question every other answer you've given on this podcast. Who okay, so you have not given a player that you would pick in this tournament? You are taking I just the told you Michael out. Jordan. Okay, and I just don't think... You asked me who I would think would beat KG, and I gave you all these players who are better than him in the Western Conference for almost his entire career. No, see, this is the the misconception, because you were in diapers when KG's prime was occurring, so you don't know what you're you're talking about. Just stop, just stop, dude. So, at the 2000 Olympics, they would have these full-court games of one-on-one. Have you seen the footage of this before? Like at the I, training I camp for the 2000 Olympics. So they, they would have these full-court one-on-one games. Everyone who played on that, that Team USA team. KG just wiped the floor with everybody. He's unstoppable okay, on a one-on-one. We all know, we all know a one-on-one tournament is not, being, is not a full-court game. That's, it's harder to do what he did, in my opinion. Full-court one-on-one doesn't get tired. Yeah, but half-court one-on-one is a dude, whole different beast. He's not beating, he's not beating like 96 Shaq in one-on-one. I give me ninety six Shaq over Kevin Garnett. I give me two thousand Shaq over Kevin Garnett. I did not anticipate um, a perfectly logical. Oh my choice. goodness! Oh my one of goodness. the greatest players of all time, recently inducted into the Hall of Fame. Good lord! I really think you should go your, do your homework and watch Kevin Garnett take. This is no because you're trying to make this. Don't try to don't try to like fake news me. Don't try to gaslight me into <laughs> you didn't watch Kevin Garnett. I've watched plenty of Kevin Garnett. That's not the issue. The issue okay. is not me not knowing how great Kevin Garnett. Is. Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer. But you said I, you the, would pick Scotty Pippen. In this the, exercise, the idea over that he's like he—he's this unstoppable jump shot that no one in the league can bother him on, or something like that, as if he's Kevin Garnett, like or Kevin Durant. Sorry, come on, dude. I just—I don't know what to say. We should—we should move on before you get kicked off the pod. This is—this is slanderous. I really want you to go watch KG tape though, and just Mike, tell me. Who's but you make it sound him. like literally no one in the world could guard him. 
he th- okay we're talking about a one-on-one tournament right I so think you don't that- think you don't think if he had young Shaq in his face his jump shots getting bothered i'm not saying block you don't think his jump so shots if, getting if, bothered if, if Shaq is at 18 feet trying to contest his jumper have you seen tape of, have you seen tape of magic Shaq? have you I, i'm just curious if you've seen the footage of his orlando magic no, yes, practices I, it, I apparently that's what no, no, you don't no, think I, I young Shaq could stay in front of him no i, I am aware of of shaquille o'neal his career you don't think tim duncan um, could stay in front of him they of course of course he could yes these were they battled you don't think for tim, years. you don't think tim duncan would bother a shot i think for the purpose of this exercise once more i would pick kevin garnett and a lot of the reason is not the jump shot is because it's you are a boston moves. celtics fan it has nothing and to you, do with that you have anything nope, is possible tattooed out. across your back that is a cop out that is not accurate no this is i'm first of all i'm talking about prime kg he did if win I defensive a, player of the I year. Twitter, if I put a Twitter poll up, just, 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 just hear me out, okay? If I put a Twitter poll up and I said, who would you pick to win a one-on-one tournament mm-hmm. of every retired player in NBA history? And the two choices were Kevin Garnett or literally anyone else. How, what percentage of the vote do you think KG is getting? Probably more people would pick literally anyone else. Because okay, that's, thank you. Yes, my choice for this exercise again is Kevin Garnett. And I think that is a perfectly <laughs> legitimate one. You seem to be personally offended by it. That's okay. That's no, that's why we, we we're here. We are making <laughs> wonderful content here for the listeners. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing. We we also we appreciate this when wonderful did you email say, from Oscar. When did you say that uh that I accidentally steered people into a ditch? Um, oh, because of the you said that Udonis Haslam would be uh, <laughs> okay. Bill Russell. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mr. Eleven Time Champion. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> we're Darrell gonna have to Wright. Have a, Give me Darrell Wright over Bill we're gonna, Russell. We're gonna have. Okay. Dar- Bill Russell's have have, never seen someone like Darrell Wright before. We're gonna have to have a. Um, I don't know. Maybe a class. We're, the <laughs> like Open a, Floor Podcast is gonna turn into a class. Couples therapy. Not, yeah. yeah. Not, <laughs> not <laughs> okay. Our next, our next email moving on is from, um, is from Paul, who writes, Dear Michael and Rohan, I am a medium-term listener and a mm. relatively new basketball fan originally from England. Your show has helped make my burgeoning fandom all the more rewarding. Open Floor is one of the best in the game, and I've really enjoyed your time as co-host thus far. Michael, thank you for always giving the Raptors a fair shake in your analysis and for not discounting them or ignoring them the way so many other pundits do. You're a fairly exclusive club in that regard. Also, Uncut Gems is the greatest basketball film ever made. Admittedly, my frame of reference is limited, but after recently catching it on Netflix, my main takeaway was, how come no one told me this was about basketball? I knew it starred Kevin Garnett, but I had no idea how pivotal basketball would be to the structure and tension of the film. As a new fan, I was clueless about the outcome of the 2012 Eastern Conference semifinals, and as such, found myself witnessing the ups and downs of the series for the first time through the lens of Howard's adrenaline-addled gambling addicted brain <laughs> this email goes on and on and it's so wonderful <laughs> um but i just want to 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 end it here by saying um thank you paul for uh for this email and um rohan i guess i'm gonna throw it to you what do you have to say for yourself i know we, we discussed the basketball movies our favorite basketball movies did paul have episode. a question in there did did paul have a question in there no he, he actually it wasn't there was no question <laughs> okay, no he went on okay. to talk about i just don't want to read it because i feel like there's potential spoiler stuff in uh, here and i see I, don't know. I see no he he but he he thoroughly agreed with me and so mm. paul gets the shout out and i, I see am, Yes, I'm the reader of the emails, and so I get to decide who goes <laughs> in and what's not. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to disagree with Paul. I thought I was really upfront about my basketball movie knowledge uh, during that podcast. I made it clear that I don't really watch or enjoy basketball movies. Now, I did see an email or a tweet. I don't even remember. Someone mentioned Uncle Drew, uh, which was, and so, they said it was a pretty good movie. Can yes. I tell you something really, really embarrassing about myself? Sure. I cried during Uncle Drew. That is that is embarrassing. I've never seen Uncle Drew, so I don't know what the plot is, and so, I don't know why me, you would 
Go, okay, Let, let's go. Uh, Lil Rel is like a coach of some team that he wants to win some tournament. And he gets like booted as the coach. And that team is Aaron Gordon on it. Aaron Gordon's playing like not himself, but some other great basketball player. And so he has to field a new team for this tournament and win it, you know, to prove to people that he's good at life or whatever. And so he f- recruits Uncle Drew, who's obviously out of the game. And Uncle Drew's like, I'm only going to do it if I get the old band back together. So the old band includes, uh, you know, Reggie Miller, uh, Chris Webber. Is Nate Robinson uh, in this and movie? And Shaq. I think Nate Robinson was maybe in the movie. I don't remember. So there's a scene in the movie between Uncle Drew and Shaquille O'Neal as old people and apparently they had a falling out decades ago over a woman and they but that they both deeply loved and that was a pretty emotional moment but there's a more emotional moment where our producer Shelby's telling us Nate Robinson is in the film <laughs> he's calling it there's a moment in the movie where I think Shaq or like comes back with like a bag of their old items and he's like, I saved all this stuff of you guys. And it's like he hands Reggie Miller something and he hands Chris Webber something. It was just a beautiful moment. Let me say this about Uncle Drew. If you, like me, grew, grew up, like, these were your favorite players. You know what I mean? Like, I was mm-hmm. a huge Chris Webber fan. I was a huge Shaquille O'Neal fan. I loved Reggie Miller. Like, it's actually a genuinely cool movie just to see, you know, those guys hanging out again. Playing a little basketball uh, you, when Reggie Miller shoots, you can tell it's Reggie Miller shooting. Same for Chris Webber. Uh, that part of it was pretty fun. So Uncle Drew's actually like genuinely not terrible. So Uncle Drew is Kyrie Irving. That's correct. Okay, I just we should just say that to yes. anyone who is confused, like me, who was confused <laughs> momentarily as you were discussing things, and um, I thought that Uncle Drew they, might have been a real person. Um, <laughs> Okay, they make so, you believe it's real. That's the beauty of cinema, Michael. It's uh, That's true. It's real when uh, you're watching it. Yeah. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Hi, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? good because every year dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver all never thought it could happen to them but with changes in routines distractions or a sleeping child it can happen to anyone parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly so get it in your head Check the back seat. a message from nitsa and the ad council if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So this is a a companion email and it comes in from from Vladimir who's from New Zealand but currently living in Australia. Shout out to you Vladimir. Shout out to New Zealand in, and Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Who writes in, "Hey Open Floor. I've been listening to the podcast for a little while now and every episode is super interesting. I only started following the NBA last season, so listening to your insights has been super helpful in gaining an understanding of the league." Recently, you listed your favorite basketball movies, and (laughs) I did agree with some of them. However, 
When Rohan mentioned Coach Carter, you cut him off, Michael. Justice for Rohan. What, what's up with that? I think I speak for a large group of people when I say I want to hear what he has to say about Coach Carter. Also, <laughs> no mention of Uncle Drew. Well, you got your, you got, <laughs> you got your Uncle there Drew there, Vladimir. Um, I think it was a pretty good movie. Shout out to you, Vladimir. Anyway, I look forward to the future podcast. podcast and have a wonderful day. Uh, Rohan, I apologize for cutting you off. Well, well I, first I see, of all, I, I'm glad I you Vladimir... Yes. Yeah. T- t- tell us all, uh, tell tell the people um, what your I'm, thoughts are on Coach Carter. I'm really Assuming glad Vladimir, Vladimir is, is now bringing to light the tyranny which with Michael Pina runs on the floor. <laughs> and just, he will cut you off when he wants to. Um, he will throw absurd opinions in, his, in your face at his convenience and expect you to somehow have a credible reaction to them. So thank you uh, for for pointing out the tyranny of the Pina regime. This is a um, dictatorship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I saw Coach Carter like 15 years ago on TNT. Uh, it's a good movie. It's a, you know, it's a good, uh, I want to say uh, Bobby from Cousin Skeeter might be in it. I don't know if uh, we can get another producer check on that, but I think Bobby from Cousin Skeeter... Might be in it. I don't remember. I could be making that up. Uh, but Coach Carter's good. Coach Carter is uh, definitely about basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all love Samuel L. Jackson. And, uh, you know, it's it, it hits the beats that most sports movies hit. But, yeah, that's actually it. That's all I got to say, unfortunately. But I just mostly wanted to point out that I had seen another basketball movie, which is why I brought up Coach Carter. But there was like a 10-year stretch where if you put on TNT on a Saturday or Sunday, like Coach Carter was almost definitely going to be on at some point. So not I'm, not many movies have that kind of lasting power. I will admit I have never seen Coach Carter. That's probably why I cut you off. I was not interested in discussing <laughs> something that I have not um, absorbed. I'm sure it's great. I will watch it someday. Um so that is the Coach Carter. I'm, I'm, uh, I once again apologize for cutting you off. Mm. Rohan, I will never ever There we do go, it again. Shelby. Bobby from Cousin Skeeter is in fact in uh, <laughs> Coach Carter. So <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Shout out to Robert um, Richard. So we have uh, one of the uh, open floor emailers, um, I guess just a member of the Open Floor Hall of Fame, Thaddeus, who wrote two humongous essays to us. Um, and I'm going to cut up, I'm going to cut them in, in half a little bit and say, we'll, we'll start with, I have I have them listed as part one and part two here in the outline. And I'm just going to throw, I'm not going to read part two, I'm just going to throw you kind of the gist of what it was, and then we can get into part one. I hope that's okay, because okay. part two is more of an actual basketball question. And okay. We're going to close on part one, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything, really. Um, but I really enjoyed it. So essentially, shout out to Thaddeus. Shout out to Thaddeus. Yeah, shout out to absolutely. Shout out to Thaddeus. Um, essentially, Thaddeus's question is just: What if Zach Levine and Ben Simmons swap teams? Like, who wins that? And I think that that is a fascinating little one for one, um, All Star esque type of trade. And I think in uh, our last episode that I did with Chris, we we talked about. A similar um, hypothetical, but it was De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons, which is a little different. Um, but this one we didn't really dive into in specifics, and I think that it is really interesting for a variety of reasons. Um, Rohan, who like d- is this a win-win for everybody? Do if you're the Bulls, are you like absolutely not? If you're the Sixers, are you like I want more? Just what 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 is what are your thoughts on this this trade right here? I would do it if I'm the Sixers because I think, as I mentioned, at this point, they just need players who can play off and beat in the fourth quarter. They would, I think the Hawks in this scenario become like a supersized version of what the Hawks are trying to be, which is built around one offensive force who can kind of bend the game. And I think the Sixers have that in Embiid, and they just need four guys who play off of him really, really well. And mm-hmm. I think Levine is someone who could play off of Embiid really well and also you know, carry an offense, even if they're not ultimately a positive net rating in the Levine only minutes, if he's scoring enough or keeping the game close enough, et cetera, when Embiid is on the floor, that helps a lot. I'd like it more for Chicago if they didn't just also acquire DeRozan, because I think their spacing gets 
really clunky once again with Lonzo, DeRozan, and Simmons, and they're also probably playing a center at this point. So I, I don't know how it works for Chicago. Now, if Chicago didn't have DeRozan, I actually really like the idea of Simmons playing with someone like Lonzo, only because I think Lonzo can handle the ball, but he doesn't have to dominate it, and it does give Simmons that an opportunity to become that guy who's maybe setting screens, trying to you know approach that Draymond role we've all been talking about now for many, many months, but I'd like it for the Sixers. I think that's the kind of move they should be looking to make instead of these insane proposals that Daryl Morey's throwing out there. I just don't really know how... I, I like it for the Bulls in terms of let's just bring in a talent like Simmons and see if we can make it make a way to work around him. I just don't know that it's a clean fit in Chicago. The fit in Chicago would be interesting. I think that defensively, that's... I mean, you add Ben Simmons to any team and their defense gets better. But it would be fun defense, when they threw out Lonzo, Caruso, and Simmons together. Absolutely. And and Patrick Williams. Yeah. Who all of a sudden Patrick Williams doesn't have to guard the other team's best scorer every single night. You can have Simmons do that and you can have Patrick Williams throw the clamps on somebody else. So he like the the, the trickle down effect there would be huge. I agree with you offensively, it's a little it's a little tough with DeRozan who uh you know, um, does not stretch it out to the three-point line. I think his his gravity is a little underrated, and we've talked about that in the past. I wrote about that in the past, but you do want more outside shooting, um, especially off-ball, than someone like uh, DeRozan. I think if you have Simmons, and I don't know, it would be fascinating for, for them. And he could play some backup five, I think, like when Vooch is off the floor, and I think... The the Vooch, um, the Vooch Simmons front court is about as good as it gets. It's fine, yeah, yeah, because he can shoot exactly. He, he, so, yeah, yeah. So I think that it'd be interesting. Um, the Sixers, I yeah, I think they're better. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. Zach Levine is if he can be as efficient at a high volume as he was last year, like for the rest of his career or the rest of his prime or whatever then, yeah, that that just changes the whole complexion there. They're much harder to guard in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, assuming you still have Tobias Harris there as a third option, I think that makes Tobias's life a little bit easier. You still have someone like Seth Curry. I mean, the shooting would just be, it would be absurd. And you right. Could I do, do think they need things. to bring in another defender, another wing piece. Thibel, baby. To... <laughs> yeah, but then you're running into, I, I don't know that Thibel will ever be someone who can dependably fully close for them every playoff game. That That is fair, although he did look good in uh, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans... Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're going to close here. This email from Thaddeus, as promised. Tybul's actually uh, number two on my... uh one-on-one tournament list. <laughs> I, I agree. Really, he, he would. I don't know if yeah. you saw the tape of him uh, in the Australia practices running mm-hmm. up to the Olympics, but it was some spectacular stuff. Was it? Was it full court? <laughs> it was. There was two courts. <laughs> it was two courts. They put two courts uh, next to each other. Yeah, it was really crazy. Incredible stuff. Yeah. In- incredible stuff from Matisse. Yeah. Um, okay, they're actually, so they're actually playing slam ball. <laughs> <laughs> Thaddeus's first email to us, he writes in, catching up on pods, and I had to jump in on the St. Louis-style pizza convo. This is from a a while back, Rohan. I hope you remember. Of course. Um, Thaddeus continues, I I grew up in northern Missouri, about 90 minutes north of downtown St. Louis, and after eight years in South Florida, I am back in the St. Louis suburbs. Shout out to South Florida. Let's go, Thaddeus. Sure. Hilariously enough, you guys stumbled into the characteristics of St. Louis-style pizza, <laughs> even though each sounded like a question. <laughs> um, I'm going to... I might be mispronouncing this. Pro, is it Provel cheese? Provel. I don't, Provel. Provel. Provel cheese, combo of cheddar, Swiss, and provolone. Okay. Is probably the most defining piece, but you also hit on the thin cracker-like crust and that it's typically cut into rectangles. Mm. I'll also add it's nothing to write home about. I mean, it's fine. Here's the regional thing that I didn't know was a regional thing until a few months ago. Pork steak. Have any of the open floor crew ever had a pork steak? We'll stop right there, Rohan. Do you know what a pork steak is? I before? think I've only ever seen a pork steak on diners, drive-ins, and dives, or some Food Network show. But I've never myself consumed a pork steak, even though it's definitely something I'm interested in. Me too. I have never heard of it before. I'm sure it, it sounds delicious, and, and Thaddeus continues, it's fantastic. <laughs> and apparently a cut of meat that is largely not a thing outside of the St. Louis region. Um, he describes exactly what pork steak is in glorious detail that everyone <laughs> can go check out on the internet and Google if you want to. Uh, but my question to you, Rohan, and thank you, Thaddeus, for that. That was wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, I can't wait to try pork steak at some point in my life. Have if So he describes how that is a, a regional food to him that he thought that was um, available and well-known to everyone. Do you have something similar um, in your own, your own background, your own upbringing that maybe is a, is a well-kept secret? A culinary of course. Secret? Of okay. course. I, kn- I knew you would come with the heat here. Right. Well, first of all, while we're on the topic of culinary greatness and inventions, I would just like to say, I was watching a lot of college football over the weekend as I'm sure many of you were, this is not an ad. This is not sponsored. I don't. I don't wish to give this company advertising, really. But unfortunately, this item has caught my attention, and that is the Papa John's Papadilla. Okay, I, I'm intrigued. I want to eat one. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I want a Papa John's Papadilla. It looks good. It looks like it might be good. I regret to inform you that it looks like it could be tasty. So. I guess the advertising is just working on me because they just they're really hammering it home during these college football games. But yeah, I want a papadilla. Um, <laughs> really, the only regional delicacy that needs to be discussed that I'm I'm confident most open floor globe listeners have not had that is the the famous Mumbai street snack, the chili cheese toast, uh, which oh. is just incredible, absolutely incredible. My rule whenever I'm in India is if they have a chili cheese toast on the menu, I'm ordering it. No questions asked. It doesn't matter. Uh, if I see it on the side of the street, I'm getting one. It's uh, the most factory processed white bread you could imagine. <laughs> slathered in butter, covered in uh, like green chilies, bell peppers, lots of Indian processed cheese. you got to have the amul cheese if you can get it. Um, and then oftentimes it's served open face. Oftentimes it's served... As a full sandwich, they'll uh, there's like this 
They have these like cast iron clamps that they'll close and cook over an open flame and you just get a perfectly toasted sandwich. Maybe a little side of chutney, a side of ketchup. Uh, if you're feeling fancy, if you know what you're doing, you'll even swirl them together. But that, that to me, I, is my all-time favorite snack and I have so many fond memories of eating chili cheese toast. Honorable mention goes to several other Indian street snacks. That was a, a great answer. Yeah. Um, do they, is that like available in, you know, just, I'm just randomly throwing a, a, a geographic location. Is that available to me in New York City? Uh, I don't, I anywhere? think you, I think you might have a, you know, there might be a restaurant or two now um, that, you know, there's a couple new Indian restaurants in uh, New York City that are doing some really good, I would say like regional, true to home Indian food. Now, I want to say there's one that's actually might have chili cheese toast. At the very least, Michael, you could acquire all the the right ingredients, like the right cheese, the right chilies, etc. So I'll I'll do some research on that, and if I find a place, I'll make sure to let everyone know on the next podcast. But I, I think it might I think it might be doable. So my answer is short and sweet. Um, my mom growing up would make my mom's a wonderful cook and she would make something called potato pie and oh, you have my attention it's just it's very simple it's like uh scrambled eggs and uh potatoes in a pan congealed into a pie form and i really have nothing else to say about it it's There's one of the all time it's it's just it's so so good just you need uh, i need ketchup i should say maybe Mm. the listeners don't but i would have it multiple times a week i would say as a child and i just assumed that it was as common as pizza it is not (laughs) (laughs) but it is so good uh and uh, i was recently a few years ago i was taught how to make it and oh that's nice that's thrilling Yes, and so I can make it anytime I want. It's not as good as when my mom does it, even mm. though it sounds very simple. Um, but, yeah, it's wonderful. And if anyone has any more questions about my absolutely simplistic uh, potato pie recipe, please shoot them over to us at openfloormail at gmail.com. I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear everyone's regional delicacies. I, the, I, yes. Anytime I get to learn about a new food, you know, I'm with it. So, please, like, keep the... Keep People, the regional it's the off season. Yeah, yeah, this is the time. Send it to us, please. Um, I think that's going to do it for today's show. Actually, uh, please again, like send us all of it. <laughs> Just there's really, you know, we're a basketball podcast here, we're an NBA podcast, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll take recipes, we'll take yeah. book recommendations, and, and absolutely while you're, anything. While you're sending those emails, don't forget that Michael said he would take Kevin Garnett in a one-on-one tournament of every retired. Yes, NBA I, I, history. You know, I really want to hear from the Open Floor Globe and their specific thoughts about that <laughs> oh, conversation. God. Oh, God. Um, and I can't promise that I'm going to read any that are against me <laughs> on the show. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to get read, you know what's up. Um, openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Thank you so much again to everyone, um, everyone listening in. Everyone, please stay safe. Everyone, please have a wonderful, wonderful week. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.